Dr. Friedman. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Let me ask you a question. How would you like to be able to get answers for any situation you face? Answers when you face business problems. Answers when you it comes to life and death situation. Answers for anything in your life. If I can show you to get answers for any circumstances, would you like to know? If the answer is yes, then listen real close. In this episode, I will show you exactly how you two can get answers for the problem you face in your life, for the situations you face in your life. So in this episode, we are talking about Take a, taking a stand, and, and previously we talked about take a stand part one, and this is part two of taking a stand. And in this part two, the examples that I gave from the Bible, I'm going to double click on that and really go into details of how Daniel and the three boys took a stand, and when they took a stand, they were victorious. They won. They win. You will win every time when you take a stand. The only time you lose in life is when you don't take any stand at all. When you don't take a stand for anything, you are considered to be what the Bible calls lukewarm. He's, the Bible says be, be hot or be cold. Nobody likes anything that is lukewarm. If you're a coffee drinker and you don't like it when your coffee is lukewarm. Some people like cold coffee and some like hot. Nobody wants to be in the middle. Nobody wants anything that is lukewarm. And when you don't take a stand, standing for anything, you become a lukewarm. The Bible said he will spew you out of his mouth because he does not take pleasure in those who are lukewarm. He takes pleasure in those who take a stand. I was reading an email from my distance mentor, Avinash, and, and he was talking about, he titled that email, you know, stay weird, be weird kind of approach. In the business world, he mostly talks about things in the business world. And, and he is someone who Avinash has, you know, dealt with businesses across around the world. He travels, he speaks, he works for one of the best companies in the world. And, and he said that among many lessons that he, he's learned when he's dealing and consulting with businesses across the, the North America, Europe, Africa, Asia, he know that some of the lessons that he's learned, in this case, he's talking about being weird, right? And he said some of the lessons that he's learned are typical things that almost if you work in corporate the corporate business world you will hear or you have experienced this type of pressure that that leadership gave to people uh first of all you have people to come to join your company because you believe they have great ideas but mostly we face this pressure that leadership gave pressure to people 
And this is not how we do things here. When you come in, you are fired up. You come in with ideas and great things that we should be doing. And they tell you, this is not how we do things here. And they, they expect you to conform to their ideology. That, to conform to how they have been doing things for the last 20 years. I remember when I was recruited to work for a large U.S. corporation, and I came in the first month, so me fired up with ideas and things that we should do right now, start making these changes, and we'll see great results, and I was pushed back. This is not how we do. We can't afford to do that, and unfortunately, they won the battle, even though I stood my ground and I fought for it. I did not win that battle for some reason that they were not really interested in making a change. Eventually, as years went by, they ended up making those changes and the results of that change is immeasurable. It's huge. The company is winning in that area. You see, they are winning after two years before they make the change that I recommended in the first month of my tenure there. And now the results has gone through the roof. And Avinash went on to talk about other things. You know, why are you questioning our established best practices? You see, you brought them in, you brought the consultant in to help you grow, but they don't want to change. They want to stick. And if you don't take a stand for what you believe to be the best ideas, to be the best answers, then you will conform to the norm. You say, if you ever want to get promoted, you better shift. He said that they will tell you this. If you, you want to get promoted, then you better shift to and speak like this or do things like the way we have been doing it. And when you don't conform to that, they dislike you in most cases. Why, why are you always trying to bring new ideas? What have we, he said, and then he, there's another example. He said, why are you always trying to bring new ideas? You know, we have worked like this for the last 15 years. Look, and he went on and gave so many other examples. You must Take a stand. So when we look back to the examples that I gave in part one of taking a stand, you know, Daniel, Daniel took a stand. And, and in verse two, Daniel verse chapter, sorry, in Daniel chapter two, he, the, I can go into more details here of what happened. So in, in Daniel chapter two, you know, in he said in verse one, and in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, so Nebuchadnezzar took over the kingdom of Judah, and he started doing things contrary to what the Bible, or contrary to the norm. At least he took a stand in what he believed. Then, you know, so he said in verse one, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream where his spirit was troubled and his sleep was broke from him. Then this king 
commanded to call his magicians. He had magicians um, and and astrologers and sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king, and the king said unto them, "I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled." To, to know the dream, then speak the Chaldeans. So the Chaldeans here, you know, represent the physical, the world system, your five senses, you know, the, the physical man to the king. They spoke to the king in Shirak, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream and we will show you the interpretation. Which, which makes sense, right? You, you have a dream, you tell your magicians the dream and then that is the norm. And then they explain what a dream means in, in the world system. That's how things work. But the king answered and said unto the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If you will not make it known unto me the dream, with, listen to this, with the interpretation. So here I forgot what I dream about. You tell me what I dream about. And, and interpret, explain. Explain to me what that dream means. And if you don't do that, you shall be cut into pieces. And your houses shall be made a dunghill. Let me, let me paraphrase. And your houses shall be burned down. Does that sound familiar in this modern political world that we live in? But if you show the dream... And the interpretation thereof, you shall receive of me gifts, rewards, praises, great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. The magicians answered and said, let the king tell his servants the dream. Please tell us what the dream is and we will show you the interpretation. Verse 8. And the king answered and said, I know of certainty that you will gain time because ye see the thing is gone from me. But if you will not make known unto me the dream, this is pure demand from their boss. Tell me what I dreamed about and then explain it to me what that dream means. But if you don't, for you have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore, tell me the dream and I shall know that you can show me the interpretation thereof. And the Chaldeans answered before the king and said, There is not a man upon the earth that can show the kings this matter. And they are right. No man knows the thought of any man but the Spirit of God. So in this case, when they say no man on this earth can show the king, the world system, the physical man, the five senses cannot know the thought of another man. Therefore, there is no king, lord, no ruler, that asks such things at any magicians or the astrologer or the Chaldeans. 
why would somebody in his right mind, if you allow me to paraphrase, ask any magicians, ask any trickster, ask any astrologer to really come in and just say, look, you had a dream and this is the dream that you had and this is the interpretation of it. They don't think any man can. And it is real thing that the king requires us to, to do this kind of thing. And there is none other than that can show it before the king except the gods. Now look at this. They, they are right in this situation where now they know that there are God, gods who can do this. Whose dwelling, which they were wrong about this anyway. They said whose dwelling is not with flesh. Their gods that they taught about, the dwelling of those gods, their dwelling is not with what? The flesh. But you and I know that the God that we believe in is with us. He said he will never leave you nor forsake you. Don't you know that Jesus Christ lives in you and Christ in you is what? The hope of growth. He is the only one who can reveal things like this to you. So, as the story goes on, for this cause, the king was, he was fuming, angry, and very furious, and recommended to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went on, went forth, and the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellow, his fellows, the, the other three boys popularly known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then Daniel told the council. Daniel answered the council and wisdom of Ariok, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said, Ariok, the king captain, why is the decree so hasty from the king? Why is this so like, let's do this now. The Herod made the, the thing known to Daniel. So this guy told Daniel what has happened. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he will give him time. And that he will show the king the interpretation of his dream. He will tell him what he dreamed about. And he will interpret the dream to the king he believed something he believed that this is in his you know he can do this he believed that he can do this because he has taken a stand in the god that he believes in that nothing is impossible that's why the bible says if you can believe and take a stand for what you believe in then all things are what possible to him that believe and he then he's added to with god all things are possible and then he said with man all things are possible to him who believe daniel believed that all things are possible so he said i can do this then he went in and told his brothers or his his partners hananiah Mishael and Azariah, popularly known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his companions. And then they went into prayer. I'm going to kind of move fast here and summarize it quick. They went into prayer, prayed, and then Daniel got a vision in the night with the exact specification, exact specification of what the king had dreamt about. 
And then because he believed he has received the interpretation, he went into thanksgiving mode. And in verse 20 of second Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 of Daniel chapter 2, Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. He changeth the times and the season. He removed kings and set up kings. He gives wisdom unto wise men and, and knowledge to them that know understanding. See, he gives knowledge to them that get understanding. The Bible says, in all you're getting, get what? Understanding. So when you have understanding, he gives you knowledge. He revealed the deep and secret things to them that believe. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me. Listen to that. You have made known unto me what we desire of thee. And thou hast made known unto us the king's matter. He believed it. And he, he received it. And he confessed and thanked God for making it known unto him. Therefore, Daniel went boldly unto the area and whom the king had ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and desired Thus unto him, destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me before the king, and I will show unto the king the interpretation of his dream. Then Ariel brought in Daniel before the king in haste, and said unto him, I found a man of the captives of Judah, that will make known unto the king the interpretation. The king answered and said to Daniel, whose name was Bethesda, Art thou able to make known unto me the dream which I have seen, and the interpretation thereof? Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, The secret which had demanded cannot the wise men the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. But, but there is a God in heaven that reveals secret. There is a God in you that reveals secrets unto you. And when you tap into that power, into that God who reveals secret, you would have answers for any situations you have answers for any problems that you face in your business in your finances in your life in any circumstances any situation when you tap into the god who is in heaven and the bible says heaven is within you then you will have answers for secrets so in verse 28, he said, But there is a God in heaven that reveals secret and make known to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, what shall be 
in the latter days. The dream and the vision of thy head upon thy bed are this. And I'm not going to go into what the the explanation was starting from verse 29. When you have time, go and read that. Daniel believed in one thing. He believed in his God. Nothing was able to switch him from believing his God to go and believe in something else. He took a stand. He stood for his faith. He stood for his belief. He stood and believed in the God that there is nothing impossible to his God. Therefore, he believed that he can have answers to the dream that the king, the physical king, did not tell him what he dreamt about. But he believed in prayer. He believed in his God. And he went and he believed also that the, the, the answers, the vision that he received was the right vision that the king has seen in his dream. And he went in and saved all the people that were going to be slain. When you go into chapter 3, you know, the, the, the popular three boys back then in, in the book of Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego also took a stand. When the king decreed that when the trumpet sound, and, and in, uh, hopefully when we do part three, we can double click on that, chapter three and dig into what happened to these three boys when they took a stand. When they took a stand and believed in their God, regardless of the threat of death, regardless of what society wanted to do to them, regardless. You know, we live in the world today that is politically charged. And people have lost their mind. Nobody can take a stand anymore. Politically, people don't take a stand. In the workplace, people don't take a stand. You know, what are you standing for? What are you, what is your brand? What do people know you for? Are you taking a stand for something? If you love music, are you taking a stand for that? Are you challenging the assumptions and the status quo? So when I, I was reading Avinash note, he said, across the world, well, established companies tend to end up in a bubble-like environment that is imperious to new possibilities. You are expected to behave in a specific way in order to conform to a certain specific worldview that is understood by most employees. This is from a quote from my distant mentor. People expect you to conform to the norm. These cultural norms, and then he goes on to say, these cultural norms are often outspoken, but failure to recognize them and to fail to fall in line has implications. You lose opportunities when you don't stand for anything. You take a hit on compensation for growth when you don't take a stand. Or the quality and type of project you get assigned to is suboptimal. Or in due course, you are labeled weird. Because you take a stand. They see you as a troublemaker not a team player when you take a stand. But I've also seen people promoted and get prestigious titles when they took a stand. 
you know, when you are, your, your, your SVPs or CEOs see that you are bold to make decisions and you take a stand and you challenge the status quo, you don't just go into meetings and just flow with the flow. And say yes to everything that is presented. You question. You, you challenge assumptions. You take a stand. And you become known as someone who take a stand. And then the, his article goes on to say, it is not hard to imagine then that it takes a lot of time for an individual to decide to assimilate. How can you persist being you or having your own unique way of thinking. Initially, you might be less conscious of this, but over time, you will start to recognize that outcome of this assimilation, if the process is silly and complicated, you will follow it. He said, if the leadership wants a massage version of reality, you will supply it. If the report you are putting together will challenge assumption and make leadership think differently, you might massage that report to conform to what they want to hear. So you are not taking any stand. If, he said, if PR is more important than results, you get better at PR and ensure that you spend more time on PR than evaluating quality of work or that of others. If what matters is focusing on the roads in the front yard and ignoring the house that is burning down in the background, then you focus the entire leadership discussion on the one on burnt rose. If delivering short-term results by compromising long-term survival is the way to go, you hop on the short-term train. You become a part of the system and the system rewards you financially and from a career title growth perspective, it feels good. Does it really? He said, and then he went on and said, I cannot emphasize this enough in choosing to become a part of the system. You are not a bad person. Absolutely not. In almost all cases, people are making choices they sincerely believe are good. They are suddenly being nudged by the culture to do it, and they are financially rewarded than they do so. And he goes on to, yeah, of course, I'm from that culture as well, with a big lesson. There's only one problem with being assimilated into the culture, the passage of time. It becomes harder to look in the mirror during moments of self-honesty. What you see reflected back in the realization that you are simply a cog in protecting an often suboptimal status quo. You see, you must become weird, he said. Be so weird that people look at you like, who is this that guy? He challenges assumptions. He comes to with new ideas. He takes a stand. He believes in something and he takes a stand. The question to you today is, what are you standing for? How, what is your brand? What do people know you for? 
Are you standing for anything in this life? Or you are just flowing with the flow? Even politically, are you just flowing with the flow? And just listen to what the media, the mainstream media tells you to believe. That's what you believe. Or do you take a stand about what you believe in? What is your belief? Are you being influenced by media sources, social media, mainstream media, news, good news, and fake news, and all outlets of media influencing your thinking or you take a stand for something that you believe in do you take a stand for your life take a stand for your family take a stand for your belief take a stand for your relationship take a stand for your friends do you take a stand or you do compromise all the time you compromise of things that you didn't even believe in because 90 percent of society now believes in something you just flow with it you change your mind so you change your mind and you conform to the norms of society you don't believe and stand for anything on your own anymore today i challenge you to stand for something Pick one thing in your life and become known for that thing. Stand for something. Believe for something, whether it's in your business, in your finances. Let, let me use finances for example. If, if, for example, you believe in debt free lifestyle, you don't believe in using credit card, you don't believe in borrowing money, you don't believe in financing anything, then you take that stand that this is what I believe. You cannot be lukewarm trying to get out of debt, you cannot be lukewarm living debt free life. There is no middle in this thing. You either Go into death or you get out of death. Believe. Believe that you are a debt-free person and you live a debt-free life. Therefore, you don't believe in borrowing money. You don't believe in using credit card. You don't believe in any sort of debt lifestyle anymore. I don't buy if I don't have cash for it. I don't do this. I don't go there. I don't do anything without having cash for it. So that is the stand you take and then you stand firm regardless of how society, regardless of how the world system look at you when you said, I don't use credit card, I don't borrow money again. That is the stand. If you say you believe in Christ, then stand for that and make sure people know who you are. Not going around and judging people or trying to push that into their truth. But you take a stand and believe that you are that person. Regardless of pressure that comes from the outside, you take a stand and you believe for that which you believe. Daniel believed and he received answers for any situation in his life. When he was thrown in into the lion's den, he believed, he took a stand, he bowed, and he received answers. When the three boys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, stood tall and proclaimed that they would not bow to any image and they believed in their God, they received answers for their situation. 
When you stand for you, what you are dealing with, when you stand, you will receive that secret revelation, that vision in the night. And you are the only one who have the answer when you stand for something. When you believe that you are healed and your body is suffering from something, but then you believe that you are the heal of Christ with his stripes, I was healed. Then it will manifest in your body. You must stand for something today. Pick one thing this year that you stand for and go all in. Go all in and stand for that and you shall receive that night vision. You shall receive the revelation, how to deal with that, how to solve that problem, how to make more money, how to make things work in your life and those around you and your loved ones. When you stand for something, you will receive answers. When you believe, you will receive answers. Just like Daniel believed and he received answers and he became well known and people dislike him for, for the favors that God gave him. Just believe. Believe, believe. You can listen to the other episode called Where is Your Faith? Title Where is Your Faith? And listen to that. Believe. So, what is in this for you? When you believe, you receive answers for any situation that man, that the world system cannot provide. When you are sick and you believe, you receive that healing, that medicine, and, and the doctors around the world cannot provide. When you believe at your workplace and you take a stand, you shall be promoted because now you are challenging the status quo and you are asking questions that generate more conversation and discussion that produces results. And you get that revelations even at your workplace. Stand for something. Believe in something and you will receive a revelation, the secret answers. The king did not tell Daniel what he dreamt about, but his God revealed, who knoweth all things, revealed unto Daniel what the king dreamt and the meaning of that dream. Only God can do that. And the Chaldeans said that there is no man, no magicians, no soothsayers, no astrologers that can and know what you dreamt about and give you the interpretation. He said, that is not possible in the physical system, in the five senses, in the world system. Only the gods, and they are right about that, only God can give you this secret revelation and you can tell people what they dreamt about. You can tell people what they are going through. You can believe when Jesus walked into Peter's mother-in-law who had fever, he just touched her hand and she was healed because he believed that he is the healer. And wherever he went, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He opened the blind eyes and he, the Bible said he healed them all because he believed that he is the healer. And therefore, when he walks into the room, sickness disappears and healing comes in. So believe and you too shall receive revelations and you can discuss and reveal the answers to those who need it. Again, my name is Dr. Free and thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead, subscribe right now and tell your friends and family to 
subscribe to my podcast.